The sweet sound of sports you love from Sling. The collide of football pads. The squeak of shoes on a basketball court. The crack of the bat on a home run. The slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? That's the sound of all the sports you love. All at once. Starting at $40 a month. Experience it all live with Sling. Sling. Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. And remember, if you want to listen live, download the iHeartRadio app, download the TuneIn app, and just search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network, and you can listen to this program live. Also, if you want to watch the video of this podcast, check us out on YouTube, on Twitch, or on Periscope, and type in, you guessed it, Fantasy Sports Network. You'll find us there. Enjoy the show, and thanks for listening. You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Good morning. Roto experts. To the end zone. It's The mark of fantasy excellence. You have to be careful about who you think is stepping forward on the depth chart. It's time for a touchdown. We're here to help you win your leagues and win that cash. You are now tuned in to the Roto Experts in the morning. This is your time. Now go out there and take it. fantasy players it is a beautiful day in the neighborhood monday december 3rd let's cock a doodle do it this is roto experts in the morning right here on the award winning fantasy sports radio network i am your host dane martinez they call me speed spitting statistician and because our guy scott angle is still reveling in a big time seahawks win I got my man, George Kurtz, once again, riding in the saddle with me. How you doing, George, on a Monday morning? I'm doing well. Yeah, Scott certainly picked the right game to go to. Absolutely. As we will detail in this show, I really think, George, that the Seattle Seahawks benefited themselves the most in the NFC this weekend, maybe with the lone exception of the Dallas Cowboys and whoever wins tonight. I mean, nobody in the NFC North wanted to win. Chicago defecates the mattress here in New York. Minnesota can't get it done. Detroit loses to the Rams. And the Green Bay Packers get upset at Lambeau Field to the hapless Arizona Cardinals, 20-17. to The Packers now fall to 4-7-1, and but the headline is this. After the game, they decide to part ways with longtime head coach Mike McCarthy. Mike McCarthy done in Green Bay, George. Yeah, I don't think there's any big shock there. I, I guess the bigger uh, surprise. The shock to me was that they did it midseason, honestly. That's what I was going to say. There's no point to that. The season's done anyway. Right, even I don't care if you can uh, get Lombardi back. He's still not making the playoffs this year. I, I know uh, Aaron Rodgers and McCarthy don't get along, or Rodgers right. doesn't get along with McCarthy at the very least. But what this does, I mean, Joe Philbin's not the answer. Right, he failed in Miami. I don't see that uh, changing much in uh, Green Bay. But, uh, hey, I guess you got to do what you got to do. It gives you a head start on finding a coach for next season. And uh, we'll see where Green Bay ends up. But one thing I can guarantee, it'll be a coach that Aaron Rodgers wants. 
Yeah, I mean, that is definitely true. I mean, I asked Jim Davis last night on Fantasy Football Rewind. We kind of had a similar conversation. The question for me is, who does get along with Aaron Rodgers? I mean, I think he wants someone who's more inventive in his play calling. Okay. Uh, Rodgers hasn't looked like – I mean, it's, it's not all McCarthy's fault. Rodgers doesn't look like Rodgers. He's making yeah. mistakes that he doesn't make. He's not seeing open receivers that he always sees, and he's holding the ball forever. And also, let me tell you something. Marquez Valdez-Scantley, Equiminius St. Brown, these are not Jordy Nelson and Randall Cobb. Not in necessarily – not in the skill set of it all, but in the idea of building chemistry with your quarterback, Aaron Rodgers, okay? You know, Aaron Rodgers doesn't have the back shoulder fade to Jordy Nelson like he had at his disposal whenever he wants. He doesn't have the hot route to Randall Cobb whenever he wants, and those are things that you have to build up with new wide receivers. I mean, Marcus Valdez-Scantling last, yesterday had two – carries for 29 yards, but only two catches for 19 yards. You know, guys like Jake Kumaro, you know, are, are, are still trying to get involved. And that is this kind of mismatch that um, is not what Aaron Rodgers is used to. I agree with you, though. The idea that they made it the move in the middle of the season or, you know, in the last month of the season, what have you, is just not the air of a blue-chip kind of franchise like the Green Bay Packers, you know? I don't see the Pittsburgh Steelers ever doing something like this, you know, that sort of thing. And so that was the surprising part to me. Here's what I'll say. You mentioned kind of the play calling, George, and I think that's where it's got to be, okay? I've been saying this on this air for, I would say, the better part of the last two months. Look at what's happened with the Rams over the last couple of years. Look at what's happening with the Bears and Nagy, you know, the kind of chief system out there, the Peterson with the Eagles. This is the way of the NFL, right? I've said this when the Browns decided to uh, make a move, that they need, whether it's Lincoln Riley or someone else, they need someone that's going to be this kind of new millennial offense and develop Baker Mayfield. That is the priority for that franchise. Similarly, I believe Todd Bowles with the New York Jets is a dead man walking and whoever comes in there the priority has to be the same thing get one of what I'm calling now these new millennial offenses and a new coach that can you know shepherd the development of Sam Darnold the same it sounds like needs to happen in Green Bay this is now the in 2018 or 19 NFL George it's like get with the times with the jet sweeps and the RPOs and all the bells and whistles or get the hell out of the way and it looks like that's what Aaron Rodgers is going to need and want as well I think it even goes further than that. I think you need a coach who's going to attack, attack, attack. You know, I think you and I have discussed uh, last week. Uh, I'm not a big fan. Once you're oh, in plus I know territory, you're yeah, once you're in plus territory, past the 50, fourth and five or less, I'm going yep. for it. Or fourth and seven or less. Uh, punting is going to be going, going to become less and less. The NFL doesn't want defense. All the rules are against defense. Right. So they want, they want you to go. They want a 500-point ball game. That's what the NFL wants here. So I think you'll see this more and more. I think Rodgers wants, wants a coach who's going to attack. Fourth and one at the 49? No, that's an automatic coach. It's not even a thought process. That's what, that's what everybody wants nowadays. And I think that's what, a, what coach is going to have to – the game has changed. That's the bottom line. The game has changed, and these coaches have to change with it. I don't think – I think as time goes on here, maybe over the next five years, seven years, we're not going to see any more of these old tread co- uh, coaches to get jobs. Right. You know, Jeff Fisher on his ninth team that he screws right. up. Guys like that. You're going you're gonna to need to see more of these, as you mentioned. The Lincoln Rileys, the guys who are more innovative, the Sean McVeighs, uh, Sean McDonough's, guys who are going to uh, take more chances, more innovative, and not worried about consequences. And also, to be quite honest, as the rules continue to evolve, and we've talked about that ad nauseum, in essence, George, 
college is coming to the NFL. You know what I mean? And it started a little bit with, you know, the Chip, Kill- Chip Kelly and Tempo it started with, right? Then it was a little bit with the, with the, with the zone read. Now it's with the spread offenses and, and, and the RPOs. I mean, so to be quite honest, to your point, you're not going to see these NFL retreads anymore. You're going to see hot-to-trot guys out of college taking their shot because the college game is more like the NFL game these days. It is. I, I think you see a lot of guy changes in the NFL. If I'm a coach, one thing that I've been harping on for pretty much all season now, I'm a head coach. I'm not returning a kickoff anymore. I, t- I right. tell my guy automatically, ball, ball's kicked in the end zone, let it back, let it go. I- I'll take right. my ball at the 25-yard line. There's no point in returning it once again. The NFL doesn't want it. The rules are against mm-hmm. it. And there's a penalty on every damn kickoff. So you're not even starting at the 25. If you return it, you're going to start it at the, whatever, the 10, the 12 and a half. Forget that. All right? Take the 25-yard line, I'll take that every time here. Unless you have an ace returner, forget it. Once again, we're going to see a different NFL. I'm also the belief, once again, five years, there'll be no kickoff. Yep. And also, you know, offensive line play is completely different in the NFL now, too. That's part of the reason you see such dog trash offensive lines is because the that position is very different from college to the NFL. And with the collective bargaining agreement, they don't have enough practice time to actually te- te- teach technique anymore in training camp and over the summer. But I can go down and do an entire two-hour show on that if I wanted to. But I digress, George. We need to get on into it because besides the firing of uh, Mike McCarthy, we also had some injuries you know we're going to go game by game here on the fantasy sports radio network and we're going to take two hours okay so if you have roto experts in the morning and for example if you subscribe as a podcast don't forget to also get fst for the hour afterwards as we're going to not it's not a sprint it's a marathon here we're going to be taking the next two hours to go over everything we saw in week 13 and get you ready for monday night football the cherry on top at least in the nfc east besides the news of mike mccarthy george i mean there were a number of injuries that I think we need to react to. First of all, all last week, George, how much did we talk about this with A.J. Green? How much did we talk about this with inside injuries? We were saying, why should they run A.J. Green out there? They need to, in essence, just shut him down. They need to understand that they need to lose the battle to win the war with their stud all-pro wideout. They didn't listen to us, George, and A.J. Green gets carted off after a non-contact re-aggravation. Yeah, it looked like it was pretty bad, right? AJ Green was screaming yeah. in pain. Uh, I mean, it didn't look good at all. I assume his season is done, and uh, you'll move on from We that. assumed and his season was done last week. And this wasn't, once again, are, we, uh, are you pan- If you're an AJ Green owner, Dalton was already gone. Right. You know, so you had a Driscoll, a rookie quarterback. You don't know if he's going to do much with him anyway. So you could make an argument that it's addition by subtraction because it forces you now to move on. Now you're not going to make an AJ Green decision. Because what would you have done yesterday if he ended up with four catches, 38 yards? I would have started oh, him back. again next week. Right, yep. he's healthy, but then next week his four catches, 38 yards. You know, yeah. the upside wasn't there anymore, not with the rookie quarterback. So, uh, I mean, you can look at it that way in fantasy. Uh, Cincinnati, you know, I don't know if I blame them for putting him in there. I mean, A.J. Green wanted to play. He said that himself. So sure. Like they rushed him back. And Sometimes you, you have to help the player spot. from himself. I agree, but you were looking for, you know, you had a chance for a playoff spot. And, you know, the doctors cleared him, even though it was silly. And I know yesterday answering questions uh, on the Road Expert Slack channel, I said it many times for people who brought up A.J. Green. It seems like everybody else who brought up A.J. Green had viable options. I'm like, well, you know right. what? I'll go with the other option because there's no reason taking a chance. Uh, as you know, Dane, I'm a conservative owner anyway, so I don't like to take chances. And if I saw a viable option, I'm like, well, let's go there. Let's take, not take the chance that A.J. Green goes out in the first quarter. Now, I wasn't a prophet. He could have easily had seven catches, 119 yards, and two touchdowns. Sure. I just tend to play, a, play it more cautiously, assuming – 
I can play a course. Assuming I don't have to roll the dice. Greg Olson re-aggravated his foot injury. He also, it looks like, will be out for the year. These are guys that we knew going into it. We say this all season long with these guys that continue to be banged up. Football is a violent game. It's like the equivalent of getting into like five car crashes. Even if you're healthy, it's not a good thing. But if you're already going at it with a banged up foot, you're likely going to have it re-aggravated. Greg Olson now looks like done for the season. Uh, is this even more opportunity for guys like Curtis Samuel, DJ Moore? I guess you're taking the optimistic viewpoint there because, yes, it is, right? He'll have to, uh, even though Cam looked terrible yesterday, something wrong with him, he too. He did. Uh, yep. Yeah, I think he's got a shoulder problem or an arm injury there because uh, taking him out at the Hail for Mary. That, for the Hail Mary? At the yep, 50. and bringing in Heineke for the Hail Mary. Yep, it's like, right. what is this, Andrew Luck, circle week one? All right, we're not talking about at the 30-yard line. We had to throw the ball 70 yards. We're talking about at the 50. No, no, That's right. nothing for an NFL mm-hmm. quarterback, and that, that's uh, concerning. That's a signal uh, think, for sure. Yeah, something's wrong. I, um. I wasn't an Olsen believer anyway. He was, uh, you need that touchdown deodorant to cover everything he did because he okay. wasn't catching balls. He was, at this point, he's old and slow. He's a plotter. And he just wasn't getting it done. I wanted his careers over. Remember, Olsen was contemplating retirement before this right. season, t- almost taking that job that Jason Witten got on ESPN. And right. Now he suffers, what, this is a third foot injury in two years or fourth? Mm-hmm. I mean, you wonder if he, he just hangs it up here. Does it open up for Samuel? Sure. You know, I think D.J. Moore's already the number one wide receiver. That he's the guy you want. Funchess had one catch yesterday. He was limited. Uh, the funny thing is, he actually caught two touchdowns yesterday. One was called back. One was called back. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, but he once again, he's a slow plotter as well. He just doesn't yep. have the age. He's, I think he's only twenty-four years old. But he's very slow. So uh, they have some issues there on the Carolina offense. Uh, do you want Curtis Samuel? Sure. He was a uh, a sneaky fair Six. pickup before this week. Six for 88. And remember my thesis, you know, on this for a while, George, has been that the the Panthers are revolving. They tried to mitigate Cam's accuracy issues at the beginning of his team, putting up an NBA front court, right, with Benjamin, Olsen, and Funches. We're all like 6-4-6-5. Now they don't need the 6-4-6-5 guys anymore. Yes, Funches gets the touchdown pass. Olsen gets banged up. But instead, they're getting the ball out of Cam's hands quicker. Curtis Samuel, six for 88. Obviously, McCaffrey with another nine catches. DJ more and the like. I think they're trying to get the ball out of Cam's hands and let these rookie Bobby shake and bake kind of guys go. And I think that'll be only more so now without Greg Olson. Uh, Scotty was up there in the Pacific Northwest and saw two uh, running backs kind of leave this game banged up. Chris Carson with a finger. Does that create another big time committee there in Seattle? Is Rashad Penny still involved? And also uh, Brita, it looks like got banged up in warmups. It looks like an ankle kind of slowed his day up there in the Pacific Northwest. What do we think about these two running back injuries? Yeah, first, when you look at the Seattle, uh, what we have, a, a dislocated finger, it looks like, for Carson. Yep. So, yep. assuming, I would think he, he'll be okay there, you think. Now, listen, it wasn't my finger. It's dislocated. I can easily say he'll be okay. Sure. Uh, but uh, <laughs> My Achilles is fine. But, yeah, go ahead. I, I feel good. <laughs> yeah, it, wasn't my, it wasn't my plantar fasciitis that ruptured. Right. So, uh I think I think Carson will be okay, but Penny looks good. He looks like right. he's the back that he, uh, you know, Pete Carroll drafted. And I mean, a lot right? of times rookie running backs are ascending in the second half of the season. We've seen it with Sony Michelle. We saw it with Carryon Johnson before he got banged up. We see it all the time. Are we now? You know, even Ronald Jones was active yesterday. Are we now at the place where the ascension of Penny is uh, upon us? Yeah, we're not a patient society, especially fantasy owners. Right? We're not. We want, we want production from day one. He's on my team. I expect you to perform, perform well. And I understand running back is generally one of the easier positions to learn as far as a rookie. Really, as long as you can run the ball, hit the hole, and pick up the blitz, 
right. you're going to get you're going to get the starting job. All right, Petty struggled. Right, so he's one of the guys who couldn't, and it's it's taken some time. Seattle is a massively run team. People, mm-hmm. I mean, if you don't look at these stats, they don't throw it's the like ball 60, at all. It's like sixty forty. It's crazy. They don't they don't yep. want Wilson throwing the ball, which it may not be more Wilson. Maybe that's how their team is predicated: keep the defense off the field. But Dallas has shown over the past couple of years, you got mm-hmm. a bad defense, keep them off the field, you'll play better. Uh, so, I think. Carson, so everything I'm reading here, Carson's going to be okay. So he's probably yeah. going to still have the starting job. Penny's next, Mike Davis after that. But Penny does have value. If he's out there in your fantasy league, I'm not saying you're starting him. He's probably more of a death play. And granted, he's a guy I would like more during the bye weeks. It's at this point mm-hmm. in the season we're seeing over and over again. You know, I mean, I know I, in my columns, I've wanted people to grab, grab where? Grab Malcolm Brown. Now, sure. <laughs> I yeah, hope you grab Samuels that. after the last Jalen Samuels, Connor. yeah. Right, after that disaster. So Penny loses some value there. But I think on the field, he's going to continue to get his 8 to 10 touches. I don't think he's going to surpass Carson. I don't. But I think he'll have some value if you have running back issues. Interesting. And I mentioned Breida missed a lot of the game as well, was in there. But listen, I don't think you want to go down, you know, to the Alfred Morris part of the depth chart with San Francisco like you would. What's that? How about that Wilson kid? Yeah, but that's, I mean, it's going to be week 14. I'm going to be in a playoff setting. I'm not going to do that. I'd rather even run out like Isaiah Crowell, you know, in order than, in order than that. You know, I'd, I'd, I'd ride out someone who's already been my RB4. It's kind of the devil I know is better than the devil I don't. You alluded to it, though, George. James Conner on Sunday night, he gets rolled up on. You know, he goes to the locker room. Um, listen. I mean, he wasn't carted off. Let's put it that way. He did walk off. But this looks like, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll learn more early this week. But, you know, Jalen Samuels came in, did catch a touchdown pass. It looks like, you know, this could be uh, something that forces Connor to miss some time, maybe a week or two. This, this is a fantasy killer. Yep. This is what, I mean, we saw it Friday when they uh, suspended yep. Hunt. Yep. And where now becomes a star. That's a fantasy killer. Or in this case, maybe a fantasy bonus if you got where. This is the same situation. If Connor is out, and I know Mike Tomlin called it a late contusion last night, but then you hear he's going for an MRI that they're going to check for a broken leg, and then they're going to check for ligament damage. That's not a late contusion. That's, that's right. A, you know, that's more than a late contusion. I got Connor in a couple of days. I am sweating so massively. Do I. I mean, this, this is not, not good. We'll find out, I imagine, at some point today. Yeah, it's only 7 o'clock here in the East. Uh, we got to wait till probably at least after noon, I in the would afternoon. think, yeah. before you'll hear anything. But, Are you uh, encouraged that he walked off instead of carted off? Let me tell you a little story. Okay, I oh tore boy. my ACL. Can you do it in 30 seconds? I did it in about two, three minutes. Okay. I mean, I, and I tore the ACL, and I walked off fine, not limping yeah. or anything. It was, in the, it was in the locker room that I knew something I hear was you. wrong. Listen, I tore my ACL. Then, this was when I was a teacher, taught the rest of the day, went to happy hour that evening. The following morning, I could not get out of bed, and I knew something was wrong. George and I are both up and out of bed here on Roto Experts in the morning. We're off and running. When we come back, we dive into some of these games and see how Scotty Seahawks may have benefited the most in the NFC yesterday. Come on right back. It's Roto Experts in the morning. The Fantasy Sports Radio Network is the only place to go for 24-7 fantasy sports advice. Once you download the FNTSY Sports Radio app, you'll get the most accurate experts and most entertaining programming in the fantasy sports world. Listen to great shows like Fantasy Football Frenzy. There you go right there, Goon Squad. Game Time Decisions. Good teams win, great teams cover. Fantasy Freestyle. You know what it is. And plenty more. Download the FNTSY Sports Radio app on your iPhone and Android devices now and take the best fantasy sports talk wherever life leads you.
Roto Experts in the morning, right here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. You got George Kurtz, and you got the spitting statistician in town, taking you through everything we saw yesterday on week 13, and then we put a nice neat little bow on it with the Washington football team and the Philadelphia Eagles. Hey, uh, George, you know about Steve G on Twitter? He hits you up all the time also, right? I do know about it. Yeah, he lives out by me on Long Island. Yeah, he's got a, you know, we'll take this with a grain of salt, but he's saying, hey guys, I heard from uh, some rumors flying around that Rodgers did, didn't run McCarthy's plays. And so the organization actually just picked Rodgers over McCarthy when they decided to drop the hammer. Uh, you know, sounds a little weird, but if anybody, you know, we, the mercurial Aaron Rodgers, I wouldn't put it past them. He's a, he's a sly cat on some, on some level, and we know that that relationship has not always been the best. Do you think that this is something of an issue that they're just deciding to ride with Aaron Rodgers over the coach? Well, they are. I mean, uh, I don't think there's any doubt about that. I guess, but I mean in like this, an explicit conflict kind of way. Uh, I mean, I don't think there's any doubt that Rodgers and McCarthy didn't get along. I think Rodgers have been talking more and more about it. I think Rodgers has been pissed off since the offseason, right? They yeah. got rid of Nelson. They got rid right, of his, they got rid of his boys, yeah. Right, and he's been a little angry, and now it hasn't worked out. And it's almost like Rodgers saying, see, told you, told mm-hmm. you. You know, right, it didn't yeah. work out. So I think there was a lot of conflict there. Uh, I, I don't know if Rodgers is not running a, uh, your coach's plays. I mean, that's blatant. This, you know, yeah, I that's true, yeah. That can get someone hurt real quick. Right. Yeah. So I don't also, think that's going to happen. Our boy Steve G is also saying inside injuries is now reporting a uh, high ankle sprain potentially for James Conner, which, to be quite honest, that could be worse <laughs> than some of the other ones. The dreaded high ankle sprain potentially for James Conner. That's what our guy Steve G is saying that inside injuries is saying. So we'll definitely wait to hear a little bit more. But the high ankle sprain, that could be some time out. And that could be a thing that kind of lingers for, for a while. Really bad news for Steelers fans and fantasy owners. Yeah, doctors will tell you uh, a high ankle sprain or a, sprain, a bad sprain in general is worse than a break. Yep. So that could be a problem for James Conner and the Pittsburgh Steelers moving forward. However, let's get into it. I started by saying that, honestly, George, I know no better team in the NFC that played yesterday that likes what happened more than the Seattle Seahawks. Honestly, let's start with them, George. They get a 43-16 win. As, you know, as Scotty Angle is there watching and joining the 12s. I mean, get this. George, Russell Wilson completes 11 passes, okay? They run the ball a total of, what, 28 times, 17 attempts for Russell Wilson. They run 45 plays and score 43 points. I know Russell Wilson is efficient, but this is absolutely ridiculous. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, it is. I mean, it really is. Uh, I know they were playing a bad San Fran team. I get it. San Fran's playing for a draft pick. They're not playing for this season. But still, mm-hmm. what we see Seattle doing, they've been doing it week after week now. This is not a one-week thing. This is how their offense is. We're yeah. going to keep the ball on the ground, protect our defense, which is no longer you know, the Legion of Boom and all the other players we have there. It's a solid defense, a good sure. defense. But still, it's not, it's not a defense we went on the field for 32 minutes of the game. It's not going to perform as well then. So I think it's working for them. They're keeping it up. And if it ain't broke, don't fix it. It's that simple. And fantasy-wise... I guess you don't care about Russell Wilson, not the volume, not there, because he's getting the points. He's getting the fantasy points. Uh, Carson, Davis, Penny, they're not rushing the ball into the end zone all that much. Right. So Russell Wilson still has to throw the ball inside the red zone, and he's hitting Tyler Lockett for one big play a game. Exactly. We'll so let, talk to me, though, here, because, listen, 
Russell Wilson completes 11 passes. That's like Blake Bortles territory. So, you know, if you own Doug Baldwin, if you own Tyler Lockett, can you really next week in a playoff scenario count on, like you said, if you're if you're a Tyler Lockett owner, you know, if, if he doesn't get, you know, the whatever, it was a 52-yard touchdown pass. But that is seeming to happen all the time. But if he doesn't get that, you're SOL in your playoffs. Can you trust Seahawks wide receivers in a win-or-go-home scenario next week? Well, maybe not, because next week they're playing Minnesota. Mm. You know, that's, that's going to be a tougher matchup. little Xavier uh, not, Bumpy Roads. Right, so that's going to be a little tougher. That's a team that's uh, to Minnesota the first, what, month of the season. They couldn't play past defense. I think mm-hmm. Mike Zimmer was going crazy there, but they have figured it out since. I know they lost yesterday, and I know Tom Brady threw, threw for over 300 yards. And also, you could think Minnesota's got a good run defense. So what, it's an interesting thing there next week. We'll see how it go away from what's been working. Because they may not be able to run the ball. At least not to run the ball with consistent, uh, I guess, forward progress. Here. We're going to make it second and six. There could be a lot of second and nine. Right, second stay eight, on schedule and, and stuff, yeah. Right, so uh, it's going to be interesting here. If you can survive next week, though, week 15, week 16, they mm. get San Fran again like and that. Kansas City. Like yeah, that. Yeah, I'll, I'll take my chance. You, you just have to survive with your Seahawks next week. But next week, almost certainly, I won't be recommending Lockett. Even okay. Baldwin will be a tough sell for me. Yeah, those guys are going to be staying on my bench. I do have shares of some of those Seahawks receivers, and I'm going to find, you know, luckily instead I have a guy like Chris Godwin who I'm going to put in their place. But I digress. You know, the Seahawks did. However, you know, you can't necessarily trust their wide receivers, but you can trust their offense. They now go to six, excuse me, seven and five and into a playoff position. They won. It seems like every other NFC contender that played yesterday went down, George, including the Chicago Bears here at Met. Life Stadium. They lose in overtime to the New York Giants 30 to 27. To me, it looks like the Bears got a little too cute, tried to sneak Chase Daniel past yet another week on their schedule, and it just didn't happen. But I got to tell you something. Tariq Cohen is looking like a boss in PPR formats. And this is this is where the NFL is going, uh, George. You know what I mean? And I would love to hear how you think it impacts, say, like drafts next year. But Tariq Cohen, 12 catches, 156 yards. We talk about these guys out of the backfield. Listen, honestly, in my opinion, unless your name is Leonard or Ezekiel, there's no reason to get a kind of in-between-the-tackles early down running back anymore high at the top of your drafts. These other guys, the Melvin Gordons of the world, they are also doing work in the passing game. David Johnson also doing work in the passing game. But there's no reason to take these kind of prototypical early down backs anymore a la Jordan Howard. I know he got 76 yards on the ground, but he is he kind of needs to depend on game script and game flow, and that's not happening for him with the 2018 Chicago Bears, and I don't think it's something you can rely on for quote-unquote backs moving forward in this day and age. I would probably agree with you. you know, once again, it's today's NFL. Right. Everything's geared towards the passing game. Get the ball in the air. You know, it, it's easier to get yardage that way. And once again, it's also, there's also upside. You know, rather than having second and seven, you might get second and two. You might get a 14-yard play out of someone like Cohen. And there are lots of other backs. I mean, these kinds of backs have been around the NFL. I mean, Gio Bernard, Duke Johnson, they're not doing sure. anything this year. But we have those, those but guys. But these are now kind of like the A-side of these timeshares. Think about, like, Tennessee, Henry and Deion Lewis. You'd much rather have Deion Lewis. Think about in Chicago, Jordan Howard, Tariq Cohen. You'd much rather have Tariq Cohen. I know there's other places in the NFL where it's, like, obvious or you would actually start both of these guys. 
guys. But the same thing, James White and Sony Michelle, even you know, at an at an extreme, Alvin Kamara and Mark Ingram. You know, you would rather have the PPR, the quote unquote PPR kind of back. Like I'd rather have Elijah McGuire than Isaiah Crowell at this point. You know, and and that's the way of the NFL. And Tariq Cohen definitely leading the way. Maybe the only one I would rather have is I'd rather have Nick Chubb than Duke Johnson. But you know, that's the way this is going, and I think that's going to impact drafts next year. And you know, like next year in fantasy drafts, George, I'm taking I'm taking wide out, wide out maybe at the top because I'm going to be able to get you know a Tariq Cohen later on. I'm going to be able to get some of these guys, uh, Chris Thompson when he's back healthy, that are going to be just fine for me in PPR formats. Yeah, you'll get no argument from me. Because I agree that you can get, there's a lot of these guys that you're mentioning. We go on, we already named what, six, sure. seven, eight names. And we right. go on and on and on about guys you can find here that can, uh, they may not be superstars, but they'll get you the points you need. And because you're going to have the superstars at wide receiver in a passing right. league, you know, it's just the NFL is a passing league, you, you're fine anyway. Listen, we, we discussed this at draft time all, all, always. There's more than one way to, to put a ball together a fantasy team. If I had the number one pick, am I taking Todd Gurley next year? Almost certainly. Yes. You know, I, I don't think right. I'll be able to pass that up. But after that, it is more wide open because of what's mm-hmm. going on here. This year, we were, what, we were saying that your top four picks almost had to be a running back, right? I mean, right. I understand not, not everybody, but pretty much. It was right. either Bell, Gurley, Elliott, Johnson. Yep. Well, Bell didn't work out for you. I understand a different right. situation, but it didn't work out for you. Johnson really hasn't worked out for you. He's been okay fantasy. Right. I wouldn't call him a bust, but he's just been okay. So you went 50-50 there. But almost all the wide receivers paid off. I hear you. Someone who you're going to have to consider in that upper echelon next year in drafts, though, George, is going to be Saquon Barkley, and he does it again. 24 carries for 125 yards, and then he gets another 21 in the passing game. I, listen, I remember asking you uh, yesterday, or excuse me, last week, about Saquon, and are you going to be concerned at all if and when Kyle Laletta is under center in week like 15 or 16? Oh, what can you do? Am I concerned? Absolutely, when I'm starting. Right, but you're not going to sit him, right? No, no. Um, I mean, I don't, I, I don't have that kind of depth of running back. I hear you. I got I two, hear you. two other guys start over Barkley. I, have, I only have one league in which I'm going to be well, – well, which I might be alive. And I think I have Adrian Peterson, Jalen Richard, and – Sure. Yeah, you're, you're running out. No Saquon, way. Of course, yeah. Right. I'm running out Saquon. But am I worried? Sure. Absolutely. You have to be because, hey, you know, Dane, you and I aren't NFL coaches, but, you know, that's Kyle Loletta running out. Or whoever else they want to put out there, I'm putting nine guys in the box. Yep, and then the yeah, other so, three are going to shadow Odell. Right, somebody, <laughs> somebody deep on Beckham, and everybody exactly. else worrying about Barkley. That's what I'm doing. Exactly. If they can beat that. If Loletta can beat that, I God bless my you. Gap. Right, then I, you beat you beat me. I lost. But hey, <laughs> there, um, there's agree. no way I'm letting Barkley beat me. No way. Hey, let me ask you something. When, uh, in all likelihood. When Mitchell Trubisky returns, and they say they expect him to return next week for a Sunday night tilt against the Los Angeles Rams, which should be very interesting. What wide receivers do you trust outside of Tariq Cohen? You know, Allen Robinson goes five for 79. Taylor Gabriel, only three catches. You know, uh, Anthony Miller, only one catch. It is the touchdown. Trey Burton, not in the box score at all yesterday. So who do you trust in the Bears passing game? Well, I mean, you look at next week's game. You go to the optimistic viewpoint. They're going to have to throw because the Rams, I understand Chicago has a very good defense, but you know you give right. thirty points to a giant. So even more, even less Jordan Howard, right? right. Oh no, Steve Jordan Howard. I, I'm 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 done with Jordan Howard. Right. That's the problem. Let's assume Trubisky's back next week. Sure. All right, so that helps out Robinson, helps out Miller, Gabriel, Talib's back as well, and Talib mm-hmm. shut down Galladay yesterday. Mm-hmm. So maybe that was what ailed 
that Rams defense here. And let's say Tlaib's on Robinson automatically. I'm not going to say you can't start him, but he's not an automatic start. So you go and to that Gabriel. I go to Gabriel. I go to Miller as more you know, wide receiver, three, four. I don't know if I go to Burton. He, what's he done? What has he done? He's another guy, touchdown deodorant. If you don't get a touchdown, you're not getting double-digit points. I like that touchdown deodorant concept. I stole uh, that. Out of you. Well, listen, it's all good. I was going to give you. I was giving you credit, bro. <laughs> uh, I, think, I think it's Scott Pianowski's uh, statement. So uh, fair enough. But let me say this Scotty to you, though. It. You say, "What has he done?" One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. He's performed as the tight end nine so far this season. That's what he's done. And that's and that's with all tight end injuries. It's just not yeah. impressive. I just think I, you probably have no choice. I mean, you may have nobody else to go. Over. Right. That's the thing. If you own Trey Burton, what are you going to do? You know what I mean? Who else do you earn? You gonna real? Are you gonna throw Herndon out there, Uzuma out there, out of him, something like that? I don't know. Maybe you would with Herndon. I personally wouldn't, especially if Trubisky is back in the saddle. Uh, I want to get to another game, another team that had a chance to, you know, make some noise in the NFC yesterday and did not. I'm talking about the Minnesota Vikings. They could not get it done against the New England Patriots. They get a loss. And uh, let me ask you something. Are you happy if you were an Adam Thielen owner yesterday? Adam Thielen, uh, five catches, 28 yards, and a touchdown. But you expect more out of uh, the number one wide receiver in fantasy, right? Well, was this Bill Belichick? What does mm, Bill you do? You take away the number one thing they do. Right. He, and he did. And I wonder that. But then again, this is, he's been quiet. Thielen, outside of week 12, has been quiet of late. Yeah, I know so he had a couple of guy greens with Diggs was, was out, so the defenses could really key on him. The run game is strange with Dalvin Cook. They're only giving him 10 carries, and see, it's 10. You get 10, that's it, sir. That's right. And once you have 10, you're done. I mean, it's weird. Uh, well, they're not running him more, so that's strange. Every pass they throw is short. Mm-hmm. Every pass. They're, they're another team that seems to be afraid to throw the ball into the secondary, which doesn't make sense. You have Dylan, you have Diggs. Right. Uh, weird. And New England, I, I, listen, they, play, they looked good last night. Or yesterday, I understand they did. Maybe look, maybe as good as I've seen them look defensively all season long. Mm-hmm. But still, this is not the '86 Bears we're talking about here. It's not the double zero Ravens we're talking about here. That you didn't attack. It was strange. You sort of, you look like you were playing very cautious, yep. very scared, and that was strange for this is a veteran team. You know, this is not a uh, you know a team that were like a whole bunch of young players where oh maybe we're out of our depth here. You weren't, but yeah, you played like it. This was strange here. It was. I agree with you. And to your point, you know, when our teams that are facing the Vikings going to be able to start walking those safeties down a little bit, and you never thought you'd say this dare like a Kirk Cousins kind of team who has Thielen and Diggs to try to threaten them down, uh, you know, uh, you know, down deep, let's say. But Kirk Cousins with 44 attempts, only 201 yards. You touched on Dalvin Cook. I mean, is the arrow pointing up on him? I've just been anti-Minnesota offensive line all season long. And we see the way they handled his injury, you know. George, so talk to me. Are you comfortable? Are you riding Dalvin Cook out there next week as your RB2? Are you confident in that? Or might he once again, you know, go eight carries for 11 yards? You know, oh, they're playing, well, they're playing Seattle, and Seattle's had problems against the run. You know, that's been their weakness. It hasn't been the past. People think Legion of Boom gone, oh, you can throw on them. Actually, stats okay. tell you that you can run against them. So I'm probably starting Cook. I say probably because, once again, it's 10 carries a game. This, right. is all, this is all they give him. It's we. I don't know what's going on here. He's not hurt. He looks fine. And those 10 carries are productive. So it's not like he's not getting the job done, but why aren't they giving him the ball? 
You know, so strange here. And I, I don't think Seattle can go up and down the field on them. So I think the game is going to be, you, know, you want to call it game script, game flow. They're going to have to run the ball. They, or they will run the ball here. So I'm, I'm sticking with uh, with Cook. And he's got Miami in Week 15. We like that matchup as well. I'll take that. Uh, Detroit's been better against the run in, in your championship week, Week 16. But I'm not going to be afraid of starting there as well. So I like what I see for Cook. But I, the team itself bothers me a little bit. They're just not playing. They don't look good. You know, that Chicago game a couple of weeks ago on Sunday night, they didn't play well. Green Bay, they looked okay. We always got 24 against a bad Green Bay team. You know, the mm-hmm. New England, they had struggled. They got Seattle. I mean, I have, I have issues to hope, with Minnesota. They're going to need to hope the Philadelphia Eagles get a W today because right now they are currently behind the Washington football team at 6-5-1. and one. Real quick on the other side for New England, my concern going into this game, as you know, George, was the return of Rex Burkhead eating into Sony Michelle and James White. Burkhead touches, runs seven times for 20 yards, eating a little bit into Sony Michelle's opportunity there. He gets, oh, two catches for 21 yards, eating a little bit into James White opportunity in the past game. Should I be concerned of him eating into White and uh, Sony Michelle moving forward? Huh. Be concerned about James Devlin, Bill Belichick, oh, screaming that's all over yesterday. That's true, uh, that was too. Just, that was pure Belichick. Pure Belichick doing mm-hmm. that. He does not uh, care about your concerned? fantasy team. No, he hates fantasy. Hates fantasy owners, hates fantasy, period. Yes, you should be concerned about Burkett. He's going to get his touches, too. Well, that is concerning. But then again, if you're a guy whose main running backs have been all season, Sonny Michelle, James Conner, and Kerryon Johnson, you're going to need something. Good thing I got a buy to figure it all out. We are off and running. Roto Experts in the morning on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. We dig into some more games that affected the NFC when we come back. Dane and George, sit tight. DailyRoto.com. Learn from the game's best DFS players. We don't just give you premier advice. We play every day. All major sports, all year round, we never stop. Industry-leading DFS tools and custom projections. And now, the DailyRoto.com Optimizer. In minutes, build and optimize lineups for cash games and tourneys. Learn from the game's best DFS players. Join DailyRoto.com. Roto Experts in the morning, right here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Spitting statistician is joined by George Kurtz as uh, our guy, the King Scott Angle, is returning from the Pacific Northwest after what has to be something he can check off on his bucket list, seeing his Seattle Seahawks get a huge win, 43-16 over the San Francisco 49ers, and to be quite honest, staking their claim as a wildcard contender in the NFC. But I also, George, I got to let people know that Football is not the only time, only sport you can win a little bit of extra cash on these days because the DailyRoto.com NBA lineup optimizer is now available. That means you can use the same tools and projections that NFL premium subscribers are using to win an NBA DFS contest. DailyRoto.com has produced seven separate FanDuel and DraftKings million-dollar winners and millions more in cumulative prizes. You know we hit a millimaker in week one of the NFL season. You know about Colin Drew going back to 
to back with big time cashes, okay? Go to dailyroto.com, click on the Go Premium tab, enter the promo code FNTSY for a special discount and start winning today. If you are not using Daily Roto, you are doing it wrong. You are at a competitive disadvantage. That's dailyroto.com. Click on the Go Premium tab, enter the promo code FANTASY, F-N-T-S-Y, for a special discount and start winning today. All right, um, George, about three weeks ago, I was saying that the Carolina Panthers were a sneaky team to watch. Um, you know, everybody was talking about the Saints in the NFC South. And it was similar to me. I was considering the Panthers as the NFC version, kind of, of like the Chargers, a team that was sneaky to me, was in the same division as a team that was getting all the pub, but was, to me, going to be a dangerous wildcard kind of team. Ever since that happened, the Panthers have lost now three straight, including yesterday, 24-17 to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. We talked about them already a little bit on the Carolina side, but listen, Cam Newton, another decent day. He throws for 300 yards. He has the two touchdowns. He runs for another 33 yards, but the issue, Cam Newton, four interceptions. That's not going to get it done, George. No, Uh, there was something something wrong yesterday. He he, he watched the game. I'm guessing shoulder. That that's a, it could be arm, could be elbow, could be could be wrist. Really, could be anything that's involved there. But the arm strength wasn't there. And you, uh, if you, if your Twitter follow, you see many people commenting about the same thing. How the ball wasn't. He couldn't. It was windy. So uh, I think it was in the first quarter. That's what we were blaming it on. The wind. Okay, uh, he wasn't. He was misjudging. Then as the game went along, it was obvious something else was up here. We talked about it earlier in the show. Last play of the game. This is the second hail mary. Uh, that they threw the first one. I think it was called back by uh, by penalty. He threw the first one, couldn't reach the end zone. Second one they put in Heineke. So that tells you something is wrong. It was from the fifty boys and girls. All right, that's nothing for an NFL quarterback. I can throw the ball fifty yards back then, and I don't have the anywhere near the arm. It's the fact that he couldn't do it. Something was wrong. It just it, all sorts of red flags there. And his ball was wobbly. It didn't have that zip that you expect from an NFL quarterback there. So it makes you wonder what the hell is going on here. Uh, we haven't really heard anything yet. Uh, really, as which is surprising that more people. Aren't I don't think we're going to hear this. anything. To be quite honest, no, he'll be questionable. He'll maybe he'll miss a practice on or right. be limited in practice here. He's still going to play. You know, I'm not really worried about that. But you know, can he take advantage of the deep ball? Carolina that was his four straight losses. This is a team as a whole that doesn't look like it's recovered from that right. wipeout in Pittsburgh a couple weeks back. Let me ask you this: If you are a Cam Newton owner, do you need to handcuff your quarterback right now, George? Ooh, you know, it's not a bad idea. If you're you know, a handcuff, just... like, I'm, I'm in a league, you know, my big longtime dynasty league. I actually just finished, you know, a regular season title, and I'm excited about that. The team that I am fearful of the most is a team that I know has Cam Newton as its starting quarterback, you know. And so do you go out and have a Jeff Driscoll? Do you have a, a you know, a, a Cody Kessler? Or... Do you take a Tyler Haneke just in case? Not, not the quarterback you just named. Not okay. Listen, if I have a dead spot on my roster, sure. You know, then I, I can be talked into it. If, I, you know, if, if, I'm, if I'm never going to use that fifth bench spot and it's somebody, you know, some schleb, fine. Uh, now, if we're talking, you know, one quarterback leagues where there's better names out there, I'm not okay. talking all pros, but better names, then I'm thinking maybe. Uh, I mean, listen, Carolina's still involved. Right, they're not out of the playoff hunt yet. So they're not even if there is an injury here, they're not gonna shut down Cam. Not yet. Oh no, yeah, they're in. They're and, in. and we love their playoff schedule. Cleveland, yeah, New Orleans, New Orleans Atlanta, yeah. 
If you're playing Week 17, they play New Orleans again. So we like their playoff schedule of what the, what he can do here. So you want I mean, it's so disappointing if you have Cam that he's not. And he still threw from it. You, what did he throw? 285 yesterday, somewhere around there. 300 on the touchdowns. dot. 300 on the dot and we're still running. So yeah. he's still fantasy worthy here. We're just talking about injury here. What happens if they lose again this week? You know, well, you know and it's very viable. Let's say you're in a two-quarterback league even, right? But you've been going to war most of the season with your two quarterbacks, let's say, as Cam Newton and Andy Dalton. Cam Newton and Alex Smith were your two quarterbacks two weeks ago. Now what are you doing? Well, in a two-quarterback league or a super flex league, you, every quarterback's already taken. Right. Yeah, if, it, if it Driscoll's out there, you have no choice. You grab these guys to cover yourself in case right. of injuries. Uh, so so to me, it's I, like you got to grab Heineken. You got to grab like Taysom Hill, for God's sakes. <laughs> yeah. I mean, so, uh, but, so during, by, I love my favorite leagues are Superflex leagues. I think me too. I, and I'm in this situation. But, you know, like you got to. So in that scenario, I think the answer is yes. You do have to handcuff Cam Newton right now just in case. Yeah, I think in, the, in a, to, any kind of league in which you can start. Two quarterbacks you're probably forced to here. And I have Cam Newton in, uh, in, in my favorite league, my Superflex league, but I'm okay there. I also have Andrew Luck and Jameis Winston. Well, that'll work. So, Speaking of Jameis, let's do that. The other side of this game, the Buccaneers get a 24-17 win. They go to 5-7 and seven on the season. Jameis Winston, 20 for 30, 249 yards, two touchdowns, and most importantly, no turnovers. He runs for 48 yards as well. George, I got to tell you this. This is now maybe, what, the second game in a row, the third game in a row? Jameis Winston does not turn the ball over, and what do you know? The Tampa Bay Buccaneers get a victory. Is he um, stamping himself as, you know, at first I thought he was kind of like, you know, putting stuff on film for 31 other teams. But is he really making the case that he just, you know, he's the buck starter and should be moving forward? If he can play like this and not turn the ball over, you have a franchise quarterback in James Winston. You do. Your question is this. Has he finally learned? Has he finally grown up? We don't know. Maybe this was kind of like last chance saloon for him. They saw that teams were willing to go to Fitzpatrick for him. They saw that he was being mentioned in the quarterback merry-go-round of next year. And he, you know, he has the skill set. If he can, you know, put a little game manager into his game, he could be very, very dangerous. Um, Is he finally learning in his fourth season, that he doesn't have to be Superman all the time. And if he can play within himself a little bit better, he's actually, he, he has the potential to be a, uh, you know, he can be in this league for a while. Well, f- this is why it was silly that they went to Fitzpatrick in the first place, the second time. Because you had to find, your, your, your season right, was you over anyway. You had to find anyway. out about him, right. You had to find out. You have 20.9 million reasons to find out. Yeah. Because that's what his salary is next he's year. He's a number one overall pick. You have to admit a mistake on a number one overall pick who was a 24-year-old or see what you had. Yeah, I think, once again, I think at the very least, since it's only a one-year deal, that you're signing it for next year. You'll pay with $20.9 because you need to find out. Now, maybe you draft a quarterback. You know, maybe you draft a quarterback for next year. You know, I can, you think, I can see that being there. Do you think Jameis is um, mentally strong enough to have the pressure – you know, that like Alex Smith had in him in Patty Mahomes last year, that Joe Flacco had with Lamar Jackson this year. You think Jameis Winston has the mental toughness to do that? I actually think it might have been, if anything, the other way. They kind of, they, they say they trust Jameis, but, you know, they back him up with someone like Terod. Yeah, I don't think it'll, if, if you draft the quarterback, I don't think it'll be a first-round quarterback. 
Oh, okay. You know, I don't. I think it would be a little lesser guy, and you, someone you can develop. My only question is, is Winston really somebody you want developing a quarterback? Also you know, that, very that true. That it. And but will that, that Dirk be Cutter be well. the coach there in position oh, God, to no. do that development? Well, what, if Jameis, what if Jameis bangs out another three in a row and he looks really good? And all of a sudden, people are like, oh, remember, Jameis wanted Dirk Cutter there. Maybe they need to go one more shot at it. I mean, listen, Cutter should have been fired the last year. He's, I agree he's with you. I had dad. money on him being the first coach fired this year. I lost that bet over on mybookie.ag. <laughs> I would have backed you up on that bet, though. I'm I think saying. I would agree with you. Uh, listen, you look at Tampa Bay, right? They've, they're not, actually they're not even a top 10 pick right now. They've actually won. More yeah, they're winning too much. They should have. They are winning, and they won two in a row now. They, well, they're going to lose next week. They, they play in the Orleans. They're going to lose. Fine, but let's say over. Let's say Dallas. overall, Jameis looks good in the month of December. Like he looks good the last two weeks. What if he continues to do this week in and week out? And yes, they're not going to beat you know Kansas City or whatever it is. But let's say they go you know two and two, and they finish seven and nine. And Jameis, more importantly, looks like. He has learned something. He has turned the corner. What do you do? It's a hard situation because I know where you're going with this. You know, uh, once again, quarterback-driven league. If the quarterback is working under the, the head coach right. or the quarterback coach, whatever it might be, or the offensive system, you don't want to change that system, especially someone like Winston where you may be worried. Who's you, delicate. Uh, once again, He's a delicate right. flower. <laughs> I wasn't going to put it so nicely, but yes. And if you change things, he may go back into the tank, and that's a problem. You know, so he's may not be someone you want to trust to learn a new system right. in the offseason. So in the same way that point. the priority for Cleveland has to be to develop Baker, in the same way that the priority for the Jets have Agreed. to be to develop Sam Darnold, if you have Jameis Winston and you have any kind of indications or inklings that what you're doing is the right cultivation, don't you have to just still keep on him. walking that path? Okay, fine, fair enough. I, <laughs> I mean, I would too. To be quite honest, I would too, and I am concerned that Jameis is going to be just good enough to fool that organization for it and, and kind of set them back, to be quite honest, for the better part of the next decade. Uh, I mean, I, you hope not. You do, but I, I, I think if I was going to bet, once again, I'm probably leaning more towards your side there because I think yeah. you're probably right. Uh, but, you know, listen, we've seen this before in sports, not just football, where an athlete finally does get it. I'm not saying it's happening here, but you hope it is. You have to this, the stupid crap with the Uber driver. Yeah. You know, after the other, you know, the, the Eating the W's eggs. and stuff like that. I mean, you know, Christ. All this, yeah. Getting into that fight last year on the sidelines. On the, the sidelines. Right? Jumping on the cafeteria tables, the lobsters, all that stuff. I mean, like, this is not a, a the, He's not a leader of men, in my opinion, George. He's just not. No, he's a kid. He's a kid, and he has to right? grow up. You're going to be how, you, what, What's he going to do with 33 year old offensive lineman staring at him in the huddle, needing you know needing confidence, right? And you got this cat, this clown as your leader. I don't know that it works, but he might play just well enough to make this a very hard decision for the Glazer family. Is, is what I would say. We'll um, find out about him in week 15 and week 16. They play at so. Baltimore, at Dallas, two teams that will yeah. hit you in the mouth. That's true. And, you know, we'll see how he reacts to that. All right, but if he goes through those games, George, and does not turn the ball over, I think he might be cooking with some grease, let's say that. All right, um, I said that Scotty Seahawks did the best in the NFC. The one t Yesterday, the one team that can make a claim to that instead would be the NFC West champion, Los Angeles Rams. They go to 11-1 and on the season, George, beating the Lions 30-16. to What I want to ask you about is – you know, we were saying all last week, George, that we wanted as many shares of the Rams offense as possible. 
Josh Reynolds, two catches for 19 yards. Are we going to run him out again next week in a win-or-go-home scenario? Or was, well, this just like a, <clears throat> was this just a game script? Well, you're probably not running him out next week. They're playing Chicago. All right, that probably uh, probably automatically makes you go in another direction there. Chicago, one of the best defenses in the NFL, maybe the best. Although, yeah, but they again, also gave up 30 points that, to the Giants. Right. Not all Odell that Beckham threw touchdowns on them yesterday. So. Yeah, I'm, I'm owned more because the quarterback sucked. Fair. So uh, I'm going to sort of give him a break there. You know, one bad game. Maybe they took the Giants lightly. A mistake there. So probably not running out Reynolds next week. At least not as hot and heavy as we were this week here. You look at the Rams. Now, if you watched that game yesterday, first off, they scored 30 points, and their offense never clicked in that game. Not yep. once. I mean, and they still put up 30 points. Granted, the Lions, they saw Todd Gurley, again, explicitly done. trying to not score touchdowns. <laughs> Yeah, that didn't make sense, though. <laughs> I know, because it was still like the wrong side of the two-minute warning. Like, they were going to have to run plays and get right, in, and but plus, I digress. <laughs> plus, it wasn't a one-point lead. And, right, and was, exactly. You know, you had, it was going to be double digits easy. Yeah. You, you well, he got it anyway, so it didn't matter. But right. uh, it was just like, okay, Todd, uh, I, I understand, Todd. And I own you in a couple of leagues, and I'm okay with you doing that, but let's do it when the reasons are right. We get it, when, girl. Uh, you, you're better you're than J.R. Smith me. when it comes to time and score. We understand. You're a thinking man, Todd. <laughs> I, I get it. I got it. <laughs> But, uh, yeah, so fine. So that's one, that's one thing. Like I said that offense never cl- clicked, and they still scored 30. And, listen, it is Detroit, and they only have one offensive weapon with all the injuries they've had yeah. in trading Tate. It's just Galladay. But Tlaib did do a damn good job. You know, now, is this defense going to click now? You know, Aaron, Do- Aaron Donald is a manimal. I mean, that's, that's a man playing sure among is. boys out there. He is fantastic. He should be a defensive MVP. Uh, maybe MVP, period. He is playing that, that well. But, you know, Sue hasn't been what we've done. Marcus Peters has been borderline terrible. Right. Uh, this defense as a whole has been unimpressive, to put it nicely. So you wonder if Tlaib being back now, that fixes everything here. So uh, tough game. If, if Trubisky does indeed come back. If I'm Trubisky, maybe I'm like, you know what? Yeah. That shoulder still bother oh, me. It's barking at me. I woke up swollen like uh, yeah. Stefan Diggs did. I'll set this one out also. Yeah, I might need another week here, guys. And to be quite honest, that actually might not be the hard, the stupidest play, right? Because there's a universe where this is the 2-3 or the 1-4 kind of game in the playoffs. And isn't there something to it, George, to kind of like – not show your cards, you know, like teams who play each other in the preseason and see each other again in the regular season, stay vanilla. Couldn't this be something, a version of that, you know, so you don't have something to prepare for? I don't think it's a stupid idea at all for them to uh, risk Trubisky one more time. I mean, rest Trubisky one more time. Remember, the entire NFC North lost last yesterday. Yeah, that's that's the advantage, right? Minnesota lost If Minnesota too, so won, right, then it might be different. Because, yeah. like, the but Steelers still, all of a sudden have the Ravens behind. breathing down their neck. Okay, the Bears do not have that, so maybe they do let uh, Trubisky sit one more out. They've got a game and a half, right? They right. got a game. I think what you're worried about is you know Chicago, but you mentioned is the three seed, four seed really all that important? Does it really matter to drop one down? No, Dallas the difference to two to three you. would be a difference to get that bye. Right. But it looks bye. like New Orleans. It looks like New Orleans and the Rams have that one. Let me ask you real quick before we hit the top of the order, the top of the hour, and we switch it on over to the AFC playoff picture and implications, um, George. Let's say Kerryon Johnson is not back next week. Um, LeGarrette Blunt needs that touchdown deodorant of yours, and he didn't get it yesterday, right? On Thanksgiving, he had two touchdowns against that Bears front, so that looked really great. LGBT rights, only 16 carries for 61 yards yesterday. If there is no Kerryon Johnson, and he may come back, are you confident rolling out LeGarrette Blunt again as your RB2 or a flex play next week? I'm never going to be confident. 
because you don't like running rolling out guys who you know need a touchdown. That right. being said, playing Arizona, not the worst matchup on the planet. Right. He uh, might get that dive from the two. He might. Week. He might get that little right guard, uh, that little speed stick for <laughs> I you. I like you know, that. Save your fantasy day. <laughs> See, throw right guard in there. Football. There you go. Ooh. Uh, the See, double entendre from George Kurtz <laughs> here in the morning. You got to wake up uh, real early to get past George Kurtz. George Kurtz and I wake up very early to bring you Roto early. Experts in the morning. We'll get your thoughts on LeGarrette Blunt, and then what we're going to do also when we come back is we dive into the AFC playoff picture. And uh, is that new Chiefs running back someone that you need to uh, have on your rosters? Come on back. It's Roto Experts in the morning. We move into FST on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network.